Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and taiko culture, and uh, all the time shoutouts. Um, I'm your host, yes. Nitai, the composer extraordinaire, and with me tonight, we have only one dude to escort me through this journey of emotion and fuckery. Uh, we have the chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. Hi, why'd you say only one? I'm all you need, okay? <laughs> Where's the lie? Um, wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about a very special show that both Sho and I very much... Uh, we we'll, This will be like a gushing fest for the next hour or so. Wow, we're talking so about Code lewd. Geass. Yeah. Um, we might be talking about it because of a certain project that's coming up that's related to Code Geass, but we'll save this part for the end, so... Um, yeah, let's jump right into it. So, Code Geass, Lush of the Rebellion, that show came out back in 2007, but, uh, me personally, I've watched it, watched it like, uh, let's see, like about four years ago, stuff like that. Um, so, before we get into the actual detail, like, details and stuff we absolutely love about the show, let's talk about how we actually ended up uh, watching the show. So, I'll just go ahead and... When I got into anime back, it, the first show that got me to watch anime was uh, a little show called Death Note, as I mentioned several times on the podcast. Um, it was fucking great, absolutely love it, it's a terrific show. And when you first tip your toe into that ocean of anime, you were like, ooh, what, what else should I watch? And I think one of the classic cases of, oh, if you like this show, you should try this show, is Code Guess and Death Note, because... That's like an instant boom. Oh, you watched Death Note? Okay, you should watch Code Yes, it's pretty good. You got a, the same type of like super smart character who plays everyone around him, and it's great. On a surface level, that's pretty accurate, but then you get more in-depth like into the show itself, and you see that it's very, very different from Death Note. So that's how I got into it, because a lot of friends of mine recommended to me, oh, you really enjoyed Death Note, we should totally go, go watch Code Yes, and... Yeah, it's fucking great. I gave it a 10. It's one of it's in my top 10. It's fucking amazing. What about you, about you show? Oh my god, Nitai, are we the same person? <laughs> like, literally, I'm the exact same. First anime I watched, Death Note. My anime list recommended, if you like Death Note, watch Code Geass. So I'm like, fine, I'll watch Code Geass. That's how I watch Code Geass. I also have it in out a of passive-aggressive way? That's how you watched it? Fine, um, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, I say, I say it in that tone because um i really dislike the mal recommendations and i didn't really see mm. the connection between death note and well i see it a little but i'm like i was kind of i didn't really see it immediately the connection between the two and i was kind of pissed off at mal it's like why'd you recommend me this there's nothing like death note <laughs> but um it's even I, better yeah i know it is even better um but yeah um, it's my number one favorite anime, and Lelouch is my favorite character. Still, I watched it back in like 2011, so it's been like seven years, and I still okay. love it. I love it so much. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, I know. I mean, sure. Let it, like we're talking about Lelouch, uh, like himself. Let's actually get right into it. Like the reason. I mean, it does make sense, though, that people would recommend Code Geass if you watch Death Note, because, like, 
let's talk about Lelouch himself. He's on a surface level, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's like, he's, whenever he walks into a room, he's the smartest person in the room. But unlike Light, who's like fucking god complex and shit, Lelouch actually has a lot more um, layers to him in terms of what, like, what he cares about, like things that, like his ideology and stuff. It's like he's super complex. Like, one of the big questions about this show. This show is fucking heavy with its sub with its like topics and discussions about philosophy and shit. It's like one of one of the big questions is like, does the does the end justify the means? And Lelouch is that guy who it's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do whatever it takes to get what I want. Um only unlike Light, who's again kind of a despicable character, Lelouch Lelouch's reasoning for it is much more um kind of, you can get behind the guy because he's doing it for not only a second, because it's a very, for all of his, like, atrocities he commits in the show, he, every time he does it, it's like, it's because he cares for some, some like, his friends and family. It's I mean... Super complex. Yeah, so Lelouch as a character is super complicated, like you said. Um, something that makes me question whether his motivations are actually good is that you know how you said that he does it for Nanali but mm. he says he does it for Nanali but he ends up like fighting Nanali for Nanali and like one of his other big motivations is to avenge his mother and he avenges his mother by killing his mother so I don't really <laughs> I don't really know Wait, like I, no I'll, I'll tell you what the bit with Nanali because uh, like not only, like, fighting for making the world a better place for not only that's, like, his main driving purpose in the show, right? So, and wait. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. like, you touch it, like, but because you t- you mentioned it, right, he does fight not only in the end, but another aspect of the show is the idea of masks, right? Whether it's the mask he's wearing is Lelouch Lamprouge to his fellow uh, um, students in the school, whether it's... Um, or it's Zero himself, which is like an actual mask, you know? Or even the Emperor, by the end of the show, he sort of wears this, like, mask of being this fucking evil, that like a new Hitler, right? When you get to that scene where he's kind of fighting, where he is fighting Nunnally, it's him putting on a mask, right? He's still putting on that mask of, yeah, I'm this big, big bad guy you, want, you all want to take down because I'm like this... Because di- everything that's wrong in this world is me. Right, and in order to co- to even like convince her to make sure she does fight him, and like stay stick to the plan of the Zero Requiem, which we'll, we'll touch on later, and he kind of anti ante- oh, what's the word? Try to say antagonize her against him, right? Mm-hmm. So that's still he is still fighting for, it. and you can see that I actually watched that scene today in preparation for this episode. There's a moment in that scene where he's like, she's a, she's falling from her chair, and he's like, and he took from that a uh, switch for the basically the nukes she, she's been firing at him, mm-hmm. and you see the look of pain in his eyes when he turns his back a- against her. So yeah, he is fighting her, but it's like for her, she sees this evil, but he's just still he still cares about her, and he's putting that mask on to stick to the plan and carry that out. Yeah, so, so... that's my explanation for that. The thing is that he does put on a mask a lot. And that's a very thin line between, like, uh, 
whether he has a mask on or whether he doesn't. And when we're talking about masks, we're like, you know, it began with the physical mask of Zero, but, you know, it moved on to, like, he doesn't need the Zero mask to, like, hide his feelings anymore. Like, he just straight up lies about his feelings and his his intentions throughout the show, um, even without the Zero mask on. And the fact that he lies about a lot of different things makes you question which part is actually the genuine Lelouch and which part is he lying about. Because some some scenes are very um, heavily um, directed to make it show that, you know, he's being, he's lying and it hurts him to lie. But some scenes, it's it's not that clear. Like, you don't know whether he's lying or not. Like, there's an argument either way. And honestly, I'm not sure if um he because like i feel that he was willing to kill Natalie if it came to that in order to quote unquote create a world where Natalie would live peacefully Mm. because i feel like this intention of creating a world is like this hypothetical theoretical um ideal perfect world and if the actual physical real Nanali doesn't cooperate with it, then he's willing to kill off the real Nanali to um, g- to create this theoretical utopia that, quote-unquote, Nanali would enjoy if she cooperated. <laughs> so, I, will, I will say, like, I get what you're saying. Ahead. I think there's, like, sort of two... Like, there's like okay there's two points i want to say on that one is that you need to keep in mind this is lelouch we're talking about right he this little pimp boy he fucking plans every aspect of his plans you know so i think he would anticipate if it would have to come down to actually hurting nolly which it doesn't because he figured that all out that's one i mean the other he's He's made mistakes before, though, like he killing has, Euphemia. But so, I don't he think has. he can like plan for everything. He has. You're you're true. You're very correct on that. But I don't know. In that in that part, it felt like very every every part of that, like his plan to take down Schneisel and sort of build toward that end game of the Requiem itself felt very like methodical with how he approached it. I mean, he fucking re-recorded himself t- doing a conversation with Schneisel because sure, whatever. You know, <laughs> I think though the show Excel, like what I, the thing with Lelouch is that I, I can't po- pinpoint a, a, like a specific scene for you that sort of spills that out, but throughout the show it always felt to me, and from beginning to end, it felt to me like Lelouch was very driven by uh, how much he cares for the people around him, right? Whether it's Nali or I feel or like Suzaku. he he's, he says that a lot, but I find it hard to believe. I find it very like he's but trying if to you convince look at the himself. End, uh, but if you look at the end of the show, it pretty much does it. You know, he achieves his goals, right? Um, I think then, yeah. I mean, sure. No, think about it. He he eliminates sort of the big threat and evil in the world. And creates a supposedly and hopefully a better place for now, yeah, specifically, but, like, but for the rest at of what the cost? people he cared about. Yeah, at what that, cost? But that's that's his character arc, though, right? That's like he's 
that's his that's the main reason why Suzaku has so much issues with <clears throat> excuse me with Lelouch is because Lelouch is all about yeah the end justifies the means and that cost is I guess his life as right? well as a lot of other lives <laughs> very true the show very true there's like like I'm not trying to paint him as like an all around like a saint because he isn't but in terms of what he cares about which is the people around him specifically and making the world better for them when you <clears throat> when I watch the show that's what I got, got out of it and seeing his interactions with everyone and even when he had to like fucking lie to everyone around him and play everyone in the end it did lead to a better world than it was before he started the rebellion right yeah sure so... at a great cost but it did get there. I mean, I mentioned but there's this. Like, there is a case to be made against that that all ideology of the end justifies the means. I mean, oh. I mentioned this before, but like the fact that he killed his mother, even though he had set out originally to avenge his mother, means that you know it's within the possibility that he might kill Donnelly to save Donnelly, and at the same time, it like um, debunks his like mantra that he wants to be. He wants to care about the people that are close to him. Because he just betrayed That's one of the main fair, people but who, that he wanted need to, to keep save. In mind, you need to keep in mind he wanted to avenge his mother. That's something <clears throat> he sort of like sparked in him as a child. And then he grew up and he spent most of his life with not only as opposed to his mom. Which by the end of the show, she's kind of this just ethereal figure, you could say, right? So it's kind of Well, she could just like, she could possess Anya and be a real mom. <laughs> she could be a real girl. <laughs> Is that your is that your fantasy? Uh I would not like to disclose that publicly. But I won't deny it. Right, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Lilith is a great character. I fucking love him. He's one of the best I I think I, I only watch the dubs and uh, dub I am playing on rewatching it in Japanese, but man, Johnny Young Bush is uh, fucking. He's the he's the real hero, <laughs> man. What a performance with Lelouch. Uh, Lelouch is great. Yeah, he can be cringy a little, but overall, he's it was so very... dramatic. But it's yeah, so good. It's, it's very good. I do enjoy the dub. Yeah, the dub is great. Very good. Um, voice acting. Um, so one point in regards to Lelouch that we didn't touch on is um. I don't know if you really care, but like the fact that he's Britannian and he's fighting for the Japanese, Mm -hmm. like in the modern context, that would be pretty, um, like politically incorrect. (laughs) In the show itself, they they raise that question. There's a point where they talk about it. Who who talks about it? Uh, I can't remember the specific part, but there's like a part where. I don't know if he mentions it, but there's like talks about oh, but he's Britannian and stuff like that. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember when that happens. You mean in the but show? But again, you get no. Oh? You mean in the show? Yeah, in the show itself, there is a I'm 100% yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But like, yeah. So like in the modern context, that would be like a one country trying to like decide the policies for another which is pretty um 
inappropriate and in like the personal in the in the like individual context of like just a single britannian person he wouldn't really it wouldn't really be right for a britannian to lead the japanese rebels to retake the autonomy of japan um and yeah that does become a plot point but and a lot of he the... doesn't really care about it you know because it's like he's using the rebellion to for his personal gains exactly so like is that so is that like do you think is it was right yeah what is your thoughts on that um like it's kind of messed up but like it's interesting because when because when you first watch the show so at first it's kind of oh yeah fuck yeah let's let's fucking rebel against the system and stuff that's great but if you think about it it's kind of weird that he's not weird even messed up that he is using that the rebellion for his own gains but think of it as this maybe it's kind of presented that way in order to sort of like just be uh uh like a quote-unquote microcosm for the rest of the show where he does a lot of kind of messed up shit that's kind of is it right or is it is it wrong you know maybe that's like part of it that's true that's just another instance of that mm-hmm. you're right it could be that mm-hmm. so i don't know if you want to talk about the uh the last point so do you <laughs> do you we think can. lelouch okay. is uh dead at the end of the show or do you think he survived and do you want him to be dead or alive so what I took away from the show when I watched that final episode was that he was sort of in a similar state to what uh, his mother was, which he was kind of this just ethereal being that could communicate with C2 somehow. That's what I got out of it. I pre- <laughs> Fuck you! That's so funny, I'm sorry. What's so funny about it? I just find that funny. What? Because, wait, because is that how you justify the cart scene? Yeah, she just like she talked to his mother. That's the that's oh, a, that's she, how she I. She just talked to the ethereal, but didn't he like shut down the ethereal realm? That's the thing. That's how I got. <laughs> Fuck you! It's an open ending for it's open for interpretation. I mean, it was supposed to be anyway. That's what I got out of it. I was pretty satisfied with it, and yeah, he should re- remain just like that. Fucking, that's it. End of story. Oh my gosh. Well, it would be, well, me personally, it would be appropriate for him to be dead, but I like him too much, so I want him to be alive. Mm. But not to see to to, to ride into the sunset on that wagon. Um, Not a euphemism, but sure. (laughs) 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 Yeah, sure. We'll we'll get back to the ending of the show near the ending of this episode, so we'll, we'll get back into that. Sure. Uh, that'll be a rage-filled discussion. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. Uh, we talked about Lelouch enough. Let's... Next up is probably the bestest of boys in this show. Um, Suzaku, a little Japanese knight. <laughs> I like him. He's great. You do? Mm-hmm. I hate him. <laughs> no! He's always in the way. He's like a freaking um, 
handicapped old grandma on the road, like slowly walking across the pedestrian crossing, and you're like in the driver's seat, being like, "Move it, grandma! I need to go." And you know what? He's not getting out of the way. And why, so why, fucking why, annoying. Why do you say that? Because he's always fucking at the most inconvenient time in Lelouch's way, being an obstacle and being like, "Why the fuck do you have to be here? Just get the fuck out." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, like we t- we talked about extensively before, so I won't repeat myself. But the whole discussion of him versus Lelouch, Lelouch, does the end justify the means? I think that's like, like that whole questioning itself is pretty interesting to like discuss and like think about. But the scenarios that it leads to when it comes to the cycle versus Lelouch are fucking mm, on point. What? I mean, come on. The f- what the final episode of the first season? Don't tell me that whole confrontation between the two is bonkers. No, I didn't like it at How all. How can you say that? How can you say that? Because <sighs> he's just a fucking in the way. Okay, so no, you can't say he's just in the way because that's not true. Okay, let me explain. Is a long explanation. Okay, so Go for back it. to like the basics. Um, the whole Lelouch basically operates on the ends justify the means in basically all of his decisions, um, which is a sort of utilitarian um, philosophy of ethics. Mm -hmm. Um, And whereas uh, Suzaku is more of a deontologist where he just cares about, like, the means, basically. Are the means justifiable? If not, then you can't do them. So the thing is that in this show... Suzaku sticks with his deontological mindset and he gets nothing done. And it's boring and it's really annoying. You say he gets nothing done, but he gets to the fucking some like one of the highest ranks in the Britannian government. Yeah, but he gets nothing like that's personal achievement. He gets nothing done for his goals. What does he want? He wants to liberate Japan. How did he liberate Japan? He didn't contribute to that goal in any way. He actually like set it back honestly <laughs> and like i like sure I, I, I get what you're saying like maybe the show is trying to say something by that that lolution and uh, suzaku like india are sort of working together to achieve that final goal of making the world a, pe- a better place i don't know i guess i'm just the conflict itself leads to so many good scenes of the show i can't see like oh my god yep come on dude it's so good add to that the like another another layer of fuckery when lelouch is like oh yeah now you have to live and susaku it's here's an interesting thought like lelouch works with two people who both want to die it's c2 and suzaku right Mm mm-hmm I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I guess he's the third person in that <laughs> that trio. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot um, where I was going with that thought, but, but because it suddenly sparked for me that it's kind of the, the same for Satan and Suzaku. Um, hmm, but yeah, so like if they, I would have liked it more if they portrayed Suzaku as more productive. Because to me, he's super passive, and he doesn't, like... Because the deontological mindset is a really passive mindset, because, like, 
if the means aren't there, you can't do anything. And so he doesn't do anything. So no, the, the means are there. He's just trying to do it the yeah. right way. And on yeah, fucking, but it never you know, it never goes anywhere. Lives of people. It never goes anywhere. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, but saying Suzaku is passive is kind of wrong because he's like for the especially the second season where it's Suzaku trying to make sure, like, to verify if Lelouch is zero. Oh, he's a lot ve- of time it's, he's, it's he's, Lelouch reacted to Suzaku. He's very Suzaku's active acting. in fucking up uh, Lelouch's fucking uh, plans. He's but very passive in liberating Japan. <laughs> it's pretty hard when your best friend is trying to blow up Japan, you know? <laughs> Anyways, I would have appreciated Suzaku a little more if maybe they spent more time showing him, like interacting in the bureaucracy and like moving through the bureaucracy and pursuing his like path of they liberating Japan. Touch on that. No, they, they didn't do anything. They didn't do shit. <laughs> like he, like there are some scenes of him like, like interacting with the other knights of the, what what was it called? The knights of the first order, whatever. With those these guys. Yeah, but like nothing political. He didn't do. He didn't forward his political aims. So. I feel alienated from him. All I can see is that he's not really doing anything. Lelouch is doing something. And Suzaku's getting in the way of Lelouch actually, like, liberating Japan. So, to me, he was, like, super... He was the main antagonist to me. It's, like, so in the way all the time. Maybe not the main antagonist, fine. He was a antagonist. (laughs) But, yeah. I like Suzaku. He was annoying. Suzaku is great. <laughs> Fucking spin kicking, spin kicking all the way. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Who do you want to touch on next? Uh, out of all of these, um, there's so many like fun characters to discuss in this show. It's kind of an issue. <laughs> I guess we can go with the third lady on the list, which is Colin. I really liked Colin. She was my favorite female character from this show and one of my favorite female characters in general um she's just like basically like the the poster girl for the japanese rebels where Mm. um like you the show shows her um in conflict with her mother because of her because of the whole like uh, getting adopted by a Britannian parents and you know her brother died from being in the rebels we get a lot of personal um, exposition Con- about her struggles of being a Japanese in <clears throat> the um, in the Area 11 so yeah. she's probably the most she's like the she's like the quintessential rebel of the show um and i know you expressed uh uh hesitation for this term but i'm gonna say that i really like her as a feminist character because um so a lot of quote-unquote strong female characters um are like strong fighters and realistically a lot of women would not be able to recreate what uh, these strong female characters are doing, like 
they're like punching people out they're like super acrobatic whereas colin is still a quote-unquote fighter but she's a pilot which doesn't require as much um physical strength so i like the fact that she's a strong practical like believable female fighter um that you could see you could it's plausible and just beyond that like that uh superficial label of being a female fighter i think she has shown a lot of her emotion and i think they delved into her character pretty well i think she's a well-rounded and developed character in general so yeah I would agree with you. She's a very well-rounded character. She's great in her way. It comes to like being a good, and but she's all of that, and it's great. But she's also quite the eye candy in this show. I mean, if you're into that, <laughs> I feel a lot of the character. I'm designs, not saying if you're I... into that or not. Like you're, I'm not saying if you're into that or not. But sure, she's a good character, and I really enjoy like her old story and arc. This show, that's great, but. It's like when you talk about her being like like a feminist, not a, with a feminist agenda, of course. Like the type of what you said about her as a character, what purpose she serves. At the same time, you gotta remember she's a lot of times there are just so many ass shots of her. I so guess it's kind of uh, it's like trying to have your cake and, and I don't have make the... your cake and have it too, you know. Uh, I don't have the straight male gaze. I didn't notice any ass shots. What are you talking about? I'll fucking pull it up from oh, no. Google Images right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Rewatch the show and you'll notice how many shots there are. I mean, fuck, there's so many shower scenes with her. Not there's that only I complain. one. That's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What do you mean? I'm I only remember one shower scene. I'm not complaining at all. I'm, 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 I did enjoy them. but Oh, God. Just saying. Did you enjoy you know, them as much as Nina enjoyed her desk? For me, it wasn't as sharp <laughs> as, a, as sharp of like an of a feeling or like thing that got into me. So I don't know. She can keep her desks for herself. I'm good. Oh God, I managed to forget about that thing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love this show, but man, it's weird at times. Yeah. What a a fucking desks. Anyway. Yeah, I don't have much to add to Colin. I think she's a great character as well. Just think it's gonna, like... All of her... Also, all of her figures are really fanservice-y. Which I'm like... I I honestly didn't notice um, her as a fanservice character when I watched it. Except for that scene where she was in a bunny outfit... Um, that was pretty fanservice-y. But I, I didn't really see the shower scene as super fanservice-y. I didn't really notice there's that many shower ass shots. Scene, there's like that one scene where Suzaku ca- captures her and she's basically butt naked. There's, there's a I bunch of I don't even remember that. Dude. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, when they're on the island. Oh. It's a pretty good episode. Okay. Beach episode. Holla. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, you're right. There are a lot of figures of her. <laughs> okay, I won't get into that. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. <sighs> All right. That's my train of thought again. Um... <laughs> Do you want to move sure. on? Yeah, another female character, which... Ugh, feels... <laughs> Shirley. 
Wait. You you say that she's a foil to Ka- to Colin. You wanna touch on that? Because sure. I never saw that. Okay, first of all, I don't like Shirley. So I assumed you like <gasps> no, her. No! <laughs> don't you say that. She's my precious Shirley. Oh my god. So I call her a foil to Colin because um, to me, her character can be summarized by one word, which is privilege. Um, which <laughs> this literally in the first episode... I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like Lelouch is in a war zone, people are dying, and then he receives a call from Shirley, <laughs> and then because he received the call from Shirley, um, the people who are trying to kill him notice him, and <laughs> like just for that first freaking episode, I was like, Shirley, you bitch, and like <laughs> they they do cutscenes where like you see old Japanese uh, senior citizens being ruthlessly murdered with machine guns and then two blocks over you see Shirley in a swimsuit pinching her stomach to see how much fat she has on her and I'm like oh really if this isn't privilege I don't know what is um but (laughs) that's what I see Shirley as she's like the privileged white girl who has to like who like benefits from the debts of all the Japanese around her and she's like oh I'm so innocent I didn't do anything these debts are not benefiting me in any way whereas you have Colin who's like you know what my brother died my mother is a maid for my fucking adopted parents you know what my all my friends are dying and you in there in the swim club nah so I can see (laughs) That's so how say I that, personally not, you, uh, separate them. <laughs> so she is all of that in the beginning of the show, but you need to keep in mind what happens to her, like, as the show goes on. She shoots someone. Yeah, she didn't kill them, but she shoots someone. Then there's all the whole thing that happens with Mao, how he uses her against Lush, and, you know, in the end, like, the stuff that happens where in the second season that leads to her death. There's so much to her beyond that first impression you get from her. And, you know, that's kind of... Sure, she, at the beginning, she does serve that sort of role of that sort of female... Not even female, but sort of maybe romantically... Um, really? Oh, ma- yeah. She's, she's she was into with, him um, all the time. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to, like... Why don't I say it? She does serve that sort of, like, romantic interest quote-unquote that doesn't really isn't really aware of the situation she does serve that role but again it's kind of as the show goes on it gets like it's not that simple like it's not clear if Lelouch really is that into her I mean it's maybe maybe not it's not it's not that simple but then again you get to the stuff with Mao and Lelouch is super feels really guilty about what happens with Mao and Shirley and it leads to, in the end, to them dating, which leads to her death, which then everyone's crying, and it's terrible. You know? Yeah. It's not that simple. I can see. Yeah. I'm holding on to, like, that first impression. There are a lot of different uh, situations that happen to her. But I, I feel that I don't think she really redeemed herself from that first impression, personally. I, mm. I just I don't really respect her character that much. Because, like, to me, she didn't do anything to be respected. To me, I, I can't, I don't, I can't, I don't really see her as a respectable. She's person. like, she's like the, she's like the, she's like, to a, in a sense, she's like Lulu's first, like, um, um, how do you say it? It's like first his time. first expert. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> fucking a. 
he's like his first exposure to seeing like what he what are the casualties that that will happen when he does act the way he does like when he commits some of like the when he when he takes some of the actions he does in the show, it leads to a lot of casualties and suffering. And at first it's Shirley's dad, and then Shirley herself. That's also, like, what, that's one of the points her whole character is. It's like, Lelouch's actions can lead to... It's not only that they can, but they do. They lead to a lot of suffering. That and Sure, that can be, like, a tons of citizens or soldiers that he has no connection to, but... It can lead to a, to like someone he loves fucking dying, yeah. you know. Yeah, I and see that. That. Li- that whole scene of like her dying, it's, it's just such a ah, oh, it's such a powerful okay, moment. I'll give opinion. you that. She did give would, us a good scene. Yeah, would be would be ashamed if someone would try to re- retcon all of that scene, right? Don't even. We don't talk. I don't want to talk about the the bullshit season three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about later, but. So in my opinion, Shirley is like a great character, and all, her whole story is—it's—it's uh, it's tragic, but it's—it's it's great. I—that I, is a really good scene. I will give her that. She she gave me something when she died. <laughs> you happy now? Yes. So why don't we talk about um another one the of the other? Fucker killed her. No, wait, no. Let's <laughs> talk about the other main female. Um, character c2 pizza pizza lady oh my god what do you have in to case say about you don't know lady? in case you, the reason there's so much pizza hut in code guess is because they sort of in i don't know like the details of that whole thing but pretty much it's like yeah they needed money for the show so there's like yeah sure we'll like put some pizza hut in it so you know easy money nice yeah so if you want to make a good show and you need a bit of money, contact Pizza Hut and you do that. <laughs> anyway, Satan is great. I love her. Why, do, why don't you lo- like it? Like She's a lazy great. hoe. All she does is sleep and eat. What does she need to do? She's so cute. Work for her rent. Is she paying her rent? I don't think so. Lelouch isn't paying for his rent. He's paying for his rent with his body. <laughs> Fine. For Fine. No. Fine. You're right. Ah. But like, fuck you. Uh, whatever. She isn't lazy, and she like we touched on it before we started recording. But you know, think of like her backstory, right? Like all she, like when she grows up, she's in that like um, I think it was this sort of orphanage or whatever. And when she receives the GS code, she then becomes immortal, and that's through like that all like death of her uh, whatever she was like the person was sort of like uh, uh, um, what am i trying to think of girl i don't know she was just like none that was like her mother or whatever like that literally is her mother but anyway she should have repented whole... then but she never did and that was her fatal flaw <laughs> no but you need to think about it then she leads a life of fucking misery people tried to experiment her she's been through multiple wars and stuff it's, it's yeah, she doesn't act she like she doesn't die. act like that she acts like no she, she acts like an empty husk which would make sense because she's like god knows how many years old and she's like has no like 
I don't know. She, what I, I got so. out of it. I, I interpreted it her actions as like a spoiled brat instead of an empty husk. What? <laughs> she, she's enjoying herself, just lazing around. She's not like dead inside. She's like laughing and sneering and fucking making jokes at Lelouch and like laughing at his pain. Like <laughs> Do you ship them though? No! <gasps> I don't Why ship not? these hoes. Because C2 is a bitch! I don't like C2. No. No. I also don't ship him with Colin, really. Remember he... that one scene like at the end of the show where like be- right before um, he goes out to that parade where he dies? Uh-huh. So he sort of talks with Colin one last time and she kisses him and just has no emotion on his face. He's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was that. like, no, make it work. Make it work. But it's like, oh, okay. No, it was a goodbye kiss. It was not a hello kiss. Goodbye. Who knows? Maybe it will be a hello kiss. Oh, my. Um, oh, my. No. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the real uh, ship with Lelouch is with Rolo, <laughs> uh. who's the token Shota. So obviously, like, the best character in the show. I'm just joking. But um, he's basically... <laughs> he is a token Shota. What? Never mind. He's like... So he's basically like your typical child soldier, and it's kind of cheesy how he's like, oh, he recovers from being a cold-hearted killer by finding the meaning of family. Oh my god. But he fucking kills Shirley. I can never forgive him for that. Girl. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's not whatever. Like, the cool thing about the show, we'll probably touch on it more later, but the whole dynamics between the characters, like, you're never too sure if you are okay with someone or not and Rolly is like a prime example for that because I was at first I was like I guess he's okay I kind of hate him because he's like replacing Nunnally and then he killed Shirley I'm like no fuck this bitch I want him out and yeah. then he doesn't like I, I feel things and I don't know yeah Rolotos Roloto Roloto Baruto. he's relative to Roloto Rolo Naruto's dead oh my god Rolo is a versatile bottom so like sometimes he plays the bad guy sometimes he plays the good guy you never know until you reach the bedroom right you don't know um that <laughs> this character in a nutshell no um what I wanted to say was that I think there was some uh, interesting comparisons to Nanali um because obviously they're both like little Oh, damn it. What's a gender-neutral sibling? He's a, they're both little siblings of um, Lelouch. Um, so it's interesting to see that, like, you know, Nanali is physically imp- impaired being in a wheelchair and blind. And so is Rolo um, in that he has a heart condition. Um, so, but the main difference between Nanali and Rolo is that Nanali is well. First of all, she's she, she's useless. She really doesn't do anything. Whereas Rolo actually that's so like, nice. She makes origami birds. Oh my gosh! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 Who, whose lives are those birds gonna save, girl? Anyway, she fucking nukes people at the end of the show. What uh, else do you want her to do? But, oh yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, but anyone could push that button. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, but like Rolo actually like serves a strategic and tactical purpose for Lelouch um like he actually is useful in some ways um 
also Nanali is super passive and dependent like e- even like when she was in Ashford Academy she didn't even go to school all she did was like recover from her illness she's super passive she didn't really affect the story and then when she finally in the second season I don't know who she's working for Schneisel when she started working Schneisel. for Schneisel um she was she wasn't really making her own decisions. Basically, she was Schneisel's. Puppet. She was. She saw Lush again. <laughs> she sounds like this demon, and she was trying to help Schneisel, who is keep in mind her brother, to like take him down. Yeah, but like she's basically to me, she's Schneisel's puppet. Like Schneisel convinced her to do that. She's like, okay, Schneisel, I'm gonna do this. And so you know, all of her decisions when she was in Ashford Academy, her decisions were. Um, benefited Lelouch. And when she was in Schneisel's coop or whatever, <laughs> her decisions benefited oh, Schneisel. Her, her decisions were never, like, independent. She never, like, went off and did her <clears throat> own thing. Um, right. Which is, like, contrary to, like, super contrary to Rolo. Because, like, when Rolo was with the Gios cult, he betrayed the Gios cult. He did his own thing and went over to Lelouch. And then when he was with Lelouch, he betrayed Lelouch and killed Shirley. So, like, he he does whatever he wants. So, he's, like, super... That at- doesn't... I didn't say that... I'm not oh. saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's, like, it's, it's like, polar opposites from Donnelly in that, like, Rolo is super active and independent, whereas Donnelly is, like, super dependent on the person she's working for, in my opinion. If I had... If, I, if you were to ask me to, like... Mm, like give you the gist of Rolo's character in the sentence. He'll be very much a uh, the road to hell is filled with good intentions, right? That's pretty much him. Wait, in my what opinion. way? In what way? Like, for example, he killed Trilly because he thought she was a threat to Lelouch in some way. Like, he got he felt very pressured to do something because he felt very like he was sure she was going to endanger Lelouch. In that way, right? Um, that's like one example. I feel like top, you know. I don't think he's like a fully rational being. You know, he's like he is a child yeah. But soldier. that's the point. It's like very good. But it's it is it does come from like good intentions, but it leads to like very bad I mean, stuff. I guess you could say that. I feel like it's more. He has more mental issues. <laughs> There's a lot of issues he has. Needs to work through. Don't we all? Oh my. Okay, we can move on from <laughs> the best Shota in this show. I don't think we really need to talk about the rest of these characters, do we? I think. I mean, we touched on Schneisel. I think I will say one thing about Schneisel because I really like him as an antagonist to Lelouch because he's like the final boss of this show. It's like the cool thing about him and about Charles to some extent is like both. So Schneisel, Charles, and Lelouch are like very much the same. That all three of them, <clears throat> all three of them wanted to make the world different, but they all went about it in a different way. And at the beginning of the show, they sort of comment, like comment on that that Charles is sort of got to a point where he's kind of indifferent to everything, and that's why Schneisel is like a better villain, in my opinion, to Lelouch. And so you have this like game between them and that's like another thing in the show like <clears throat> how they treat everything as a game of chess so like that whole battle between them of like they're very much the same in essence like they all, like both Schneider and Lelouch want to make the world a better place 
and like they're both super smart and super like tactical and conniving and stuff but I don't know the whole like final scene between Lelouch and Schneider is fucking weird just wanted to touch on that the only difference also between... Troy Baker is a great actor the only difference between Schneisel and Lelouch is that Schneisel has a boyfriend and Lelouch doesn't. Because his oh, boyfriend Schneisel has a boyfriend? Yeah, Canon, his quote-unquote assistant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, it was interesting. Let's keep our having... headcanon out of that. It's not a headcanon. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, Where's your sources? I need to see proof. What are you talking about? He said, uh, one of the quotes uh, from Canon, his assistant, was that I am the assistant to Schneisel in both public and private matters. Wink. <laughs> it's very heavily um, implied <sighs> that he is there together. But. Um, right. Oh my god, listen. You don't have a gaydar. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> exactly. So, shut up. No. Um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting how they um, phrased the... Um, differences between Schneisel, Charles, and Lelouch as, like, Charles is the past because he wants to keep, like, everyone's soul or everyone's, like, mental state as it is and never, like, change it. Just, like, have your mental state and have everyone connect like that. And then Schneisel is the present because he wants to hold everyone at gunpoint and then, you know, have this, like, false peace where everyone is forced into a uh, standstill and then Lelouch is the future because um, he wants a place where everyone can willingly cooperate with each other to like build mm-hmm. towards a better place so I thought that was like really nicely yeah. worded and very interesting to think about but then Schneisel becomes his bitch what do you mean no because he uses his gas on him oh yeah Kind of a crucial plot element, you know? Sure, sure. That happened, like, in the last couple episodes. Who cares? <laughs> what do you mean, who cares? They're, like, some of the best. <laughs> Whatever. I don't remember that do we want to touch on that? Do we want to touch on that aspect of the show, like, the Gias? Oh. Quickly? You, oh, do you know why they use the word Gias? Gias. Sorry. Wait. Keep going. Oh my god. I didn't realize... It's a bad joke. I didn't come up with it. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. I didn't realize why they use that word. And then I like... Maybe... I don't know how long ago. It's relatively recently. I figured out that it's... um, G-E-I-S is the root word, which is from Irish mythology, which means an unbreakable vow. So that's where oh. that word came from. Kind of like in Fate, if you've seen Fate, I think... I haven't. Oh, I think Lancer... Has like a G-E-I-S, a gase, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it. One of the servants has something like that. Anyways, that was just an interesting cool. trivia. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. So, sure, what do you want to talk about the Gios? Um No, I think it's just a really cool element, but it's like... Or more of a like a fun thing. I thought like, it's cool seeing how we can be used in different ways whether it's the Lucius Gias or Mao's Gias or even uh, Charles Gias I think it's just I don't know I'm a sucker for like cool powers used in interesting ways yeah I definitely but, think they did it creatively especially with Lelouch and I, yeah, I did like and how it they like lot. restricted him even yeah it's very interesting mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I have anything more to say about that, but just wanted to point that out. And that old tidbit about it being about that's that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's nice. Hmm. Okay. Next up, you know, we kind of we've been talking about the characters a whole lot, so then <laughs> maybe we'll like skim through some of this other stuff quickly. Let's see what do okay. we have here. Well, what? Mm. I just wanted to quickly I'll say. Um, go for it. Uh, so in regards to the plot. A big a point of appeal that I liked about the story was that it was like, at its core, it was an underdog story because Luz started with nothing and he wants to get everything. He wants to go from an exile and to being. Suzaku is an under- underdog as well, just saying. Uh, yeah, but like, his story is interesting. Shh, hush, <laughs> hush. <laughs> get, get, get the fuck off with the Suzaku shit, anyways. But yeah. Um, so I think. That's, like, one of the big appeals for me is that it's an underdog story and um, also that the military tactics they use in the show are super creative and interesting, and I think that's, Mm -hmm. like, probably the second biggest appeal of the show to me. For sure, which kind of ties into the whole, like, because I said before, but one of the big things in the show is the use of chess. Like, from the get-go, the first episode starts with Lelouch they're like playing against a game of chess against some idiot noble and you say that throughout the show there's so many times where it's like a literal game of chess or him and Shinazel for instance the final battle treat the battle as a game so that that whole like uh, use of chess is like it's pretty cool in my opinion both in terms of symbolism and how it's used in practicality in fights and stuff as well that's pretty cool and uh, why is this Will of Fortune you've wrote, written down Okay, so Wheel of Fortune is um, like a ancient slash medieval philosophical um, concept, which I'm okay. familiar with because it's used in Shakespeare, um, where characters who are like the princes of the land, you know, become paupers. And then after the story is finished, you know, they reclaim their title. So it's a wheel because like you start at the pinnacle of the wheel and then you go down and become super poor and then you go all the way back up and you become rich again which you see a lot in this show and it also it's super interesting because like all these characters are um losing their status and regaining their status there's Mm, so many different elements that are there's so many different wheels that are turning at different degrees and like it's super interesting to see that and um also that the fact that everybody is switching status so much is um it helps the story be be organic and it keeps you on toes as well yeah it definitely maintains your interest and keeps you captivated like you don't know what's going to happen next like and especially since the statuses are changing so much you know the interactions between the characters change because of that as well so you get like completely different interactions than before so it's that's a really big part of the show that i liked as well um Mm -hmm. and yeah as well as changing status characters also switch sides like between the rebels and the the britannians like they a lot of the characters switch sides a lot so both both the characters switch sides and some extent the audience switch like the way they see them throughout the show like the way like what i said about Rolo, which at first i hated him then kind of liked him then hated him again and to be honest i have no idea what i feel about him right now to watch the show and figure that shit let out. me send you a doujinshi then you can feel no <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's not do that <laughs> but to some extent like 
I mean, yeah, we've written this down. Like, Jeremiah, he's another, like, cool character, which at first is kind of, like, a, this, it's kind of despicable, but it's the butt of most of the jokes. But then you see, like, how he has been experimented on, and Lelouch is like, oh, fuck, I remember, you're, you're kind of cool, okay, join me. It's like, okay, let's do, let's do, let's do it. Yeah, but then by the end of the show, he is picking oranges in an orange for it. It's oh wonderful. It's super interesting because, like, he was a purist, so, like, he only cared for pure-blood Britannians. And you think that someone who is so dogmatic in his beliefs, his, his racial beliefs, that, like, they would never fight for the Japanese rebels. But, you know, in a twist of fate, a big twist, he fights for the rebels because he cares about Lelouch's what lineage. So that's like super interesting how they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. There's also like Cornelia who goes from being the viceroy of Japan to She's being dope. like some, some like, some, I don't even know. I, she's just like running around. She like lost yes, her position. Hunter. She's just running around being a stalker. <laughs> trying to find out I mean, what Lucius is doing she's like gone she's insane very, she's been a very much very much a gs hunter at that point yeah it's dope she's cool i like i loved cornelia yeah her introduction is great she a bad bitch <laughs> cool. um. moving on this is i don't have much to say about it because it's just the music in the show is fucking great whether it's like the first OP colors in the last one, World's End, is both of them top notch. The music itself is wonderful. I mean, there's so many good tracks in that OST. Yeah, the OST mm. is so iconic and so good. I loved it so much, and the OPs were great too. So I loved it. Some of them. The uh, OPs okay. as a whole the are The one that there. people always hate with the girl like screaming at like shrill. I actually like that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I got used to it, but it's eh, it's not it, colors. It felt emotional to me. It felt more emotional. Colors is so like sap, and I actually don't even like colors. I like fuck you. <laughs> colors is the best. I don't know why everyone likes colors. It's so like give me weird. That, give me that jibun woe. That's the best. Fucking meme lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to be. What? I'll take the bullet. I'll bite the bullet. Ugh. Okay. Good OST. Go listen to that and when you want to or just watch the uh, show <laughs> or just watch the show one thing i'll say there's one track called with you i when if i'll ever get married that's a track i need to play at my wedding weeb. Mm-hmm. man I'll, listen it's like it's one of those it's one of those type of track with just like a, it's it's very simple it's a guitar it's very sappy but man am i a sucker for that oh Dude, I love it. Okay. Sure, sure. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, sure, let's touch on some themes of the show before we head to the like the final segments of this episode. Um, before we move on, like we talk about the first one that you've put, I want to, uh, there's one thing I want to touch on. You remember that one episode where Lelouch uh, talks about, uh, like he raises the question of if happiness would have a physical form would what would it be remember that one yeah that whole like discussion about like happiness to different people that's something that i think it's pretty cool actually before i even watched code yes believe it or not one of my friends in high school like 
we used to fucking talk about philosophical shit all the time. And he would one day actually actually ask me that question. And then when I watched the show, I was like, oh shit, it's for this. That's dope. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you have much to say about it, but I think it, just that whole scene is like pretty cool and I like it. I don't remember the scene too specifically. Was it like a glass? It's when they like do with when they light fireworks together, and then he starts thinking back to his time with uh, Suzaku's kids, and that's when Suzaku asked him about it. It's yeah, it's neat. Go go go, go, look that up on YouTube. It's a good scene. Okay. Will do. But next up, you want to talk about some racism? Okay, so I don't know. So racism like is a pretty big topic that's brought up in the first episode where you see mm-hmm. where you see the Japanese getting massacred in the ghetto. Um yeah. and I think like it's a pretty compelling topic. It can be um extrapolated to just prejudice in general, but I think it was very particular to race because, you know, it was a big um big focus on the Japanese as elevens. And I think that it yeah. was it made the story more compelling. I definitely mm-hmm. enjoyed the racial tensions. Yeah, um, yeah. Because like with all the mechs and gas <laughs> powers flying around, it's it really grounded the story in something that's kind of I don't know if tangible, but you can sort of re- feel it because you know racism is something that's very much a thing. It's still a thing in our world. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Definitely easier to relate to the uh, Japanese rebels and, in particular, Colin. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Again, it, it just another layer to this very complex show, which I very much liked. And another complex layer, layer is uh, abusive parents. Oh my god! Um, Wait, who is abusive? Charles, to some extent, the way just what do you think about his really bad dad? Don't you think? I don't. I wouldn't really call him abusive. No, he, he, he isn't abusive, but like the way he treats his family is kind of meh. Well, I guess it's it's hard to it's hard to like re, like understand him because he treats everyone like shit because he's like I don't care if you die because you meet me in in what do you call that place in the Ragnarok realm you'll reach you'll meet me in the Ragnarok so I don't care if I kill you right now it's just so indifferent to everyone okay okay honey um hashtag monarchy no I'm joking or am I um (laughs) but I found it interesting that there's like a thread of uh parent-child conflict you know obviously with Lelouch with his dad exiling him and then you have Suzaku, where he, like, knifes his father in the gut. <laughs> and you have Fuck yeah. Colin, who her mother sends her to uh, adoptive parents. Um, there's a lot of this conflict. And I think it's just a good reflection of, quote-unquote, rebellion, which is the main theme or the main topic of mm-hmm. this show. Like, it can, on a personal level, like, you rebel against your parents, and that reflects... Um, on the political level where he's rebelling against the government. So I think that's just like an interesting connection they did there. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. I don't know uh, really much to say about that, to be honest. Okay, well that's all That's all I really had to say. Yeah, we can, that's about, well, okay, 
We already touched this on last these point. Things. Like, if you want to touch on more, then go for it. Like, that's like a topic I don't have much to say about. But go for it. Okay, I just wanted. Okay, we already mentioned that uh, Canon uh, Schneisel's assistant is suggested. Is that even gay. Canon? Even though... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why his name is Canon. <laughs> no, um, but even though uh, Nitai doesn't remember it, I remember it very well. No, um, but there's also. I found it interesting that they actually included LGBT characters in Code Geass because you don't see that too much in it's anime. It's kind of understated if it's really there. Okay, wait. Do you think so? If it is there, it kind of felt understated. That's wait, actually. So... Uh... Okay, so well, I have three characters here that I am pretty like it's which I see as LGBT. Like, do you see as Nina as a lesbian? Or at least bisexual. Uh, yeah, to some extent, but she's also a stalker, so I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, well, anyways. Uh, wait, did you get the hints that Millie was a lesbian? Yeah, that's kind of understated. Actually, it isn't, but she literally talks about it in the shower. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I like how it's understated, because um, like, it's not in your Ooh. face, and it's not like super fanservice-y. They just like throw it in offhandedly and I'm like I like that I personally like that it didn't feel forced that kind of makes it felt natural remember she Millie is like engaged to what's his face and glasses guy yeah but um what makes like the mechs remember Um, that they're engaged and then it kind of just falls off Mm -hmm. wait is that support or no that's because mm, I don't know because him, it, it always felt like he wasn't interested at all, but uh, but I guess she wasn't as well. I don't know. I just... Hashtag political marriages. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just say Billy is super lesbian. Like, the first thing you, you hear her in, like, the first episode is like, Hey guys, by the way, I love that we did the events for the rainbow flag, the female bikini, uh like contest and something else that's super gay and i'm like girl Hmm. girl you gay as hell but um anyways i liked how they slipped that in but that's all i really have to say okay i guess that's pretty much it when it comes to like what we think of uh, the show as a whole like the entire 50 episodes i mean as both you and i mentioned already it's one of our top it's in our top 10 we both love it and when you finished the show, like, what was it like? I remember when I finished, <laughs> when I finished the show for the first time, I kind of really, I took my time with it, as I do with most shows, but Code Guess especially, like, I watched, like, the second to last episode, then I didn't watch the rest. A day later, I watched the, I watched it again, and then watched the rest of the show, and it's, I just kept postponing because I didn't want it to end. Oh, damn. Yeah, it, it, oh, man, that show did a number on me, man. What about you? I, like, <laughs> I marathoned. Oh, my God. This was back, like I said, I didn't really know what anime was. It was my second anime. So I watched it on this really low-quality bootleg site. Um, but I fucking marathoned the first two seasons. As soon as I was finished, I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> and I immediately, immediately rewatched. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then after it's the second so rewatch, 
I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing that's gonna be as good as this. And then I tried frantically to find other things, but nothing could ever replace it in my heart. <laughs> just so, but, yeah. So good. Like, it isn't perfect, but man, it, when, it, when it's like blowing on all cylinders, it's just so up there. Yeah. Man, it's great. And it was such a great ending. But wait, what? So about almost two years ago, they announced a sequel of some, in, like in some form to Code Geass called Code Geass Lelouch's The Resurrection. Huh. So and it's like Lelouch is actually back and all of them are actually back. And it's like, oh, well, okay. That's kind of... Hmm, what? Before we get into the specific of that, what was your like first reaction to that when you saw that announcement of the like the very first announcement yeah the very first announcement i was very happy because the thing is that season two retconned technically season one so in that they're back in high school what do you mean okay like you know because they they we didn't know at the time when you watch episode one but all their minds were wiped. Yeah. And like what? they're back it in didn't high school. It didn't retcon anything. They were trying to like. No, but like it seemed like it was retconned, but we didn't know that yet because we hadn't seen. Like if you see the first episode, you think it's retconned because you don't know what's happening. No, it's so... gonna, it's just a bait and switch. It's pretty awesome. Okay, keep going. Anyways, but <laughs> they could do a similar thing with season three. So I was looking forward to it and I had faith in Sunrise because, you know, they did so well with the first two seasons. So I can trust them with the third season. Um, so I was very, very, uh, excited, but not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I was very, very, I I wasn't mad. I was just kind of disappointed because like, this doesn't need to be a thing. We have 50 episodes of one of the best shows of all time. We don't need more. And I, but I did say, well, if it was. Like, the only way I sort of could justify an existence of a third season if it would have been, like, a different set of characters in a different, like, whether it's, like, way back in the past or in the future or stuff like that, where it's not really related to what happened in the first two seasons. But then I came to terms with it and said, okay, it's coming out whether I like it or not. I'll just stay cautiously optimistic now. At first, I don't know if... It was said that it's going to be a TV season. I think it, they just announced a new project, and that's how they call it. We all assume it's a third season. About a month ago, it was sort of confirmed this is actually a sequel movie. Now, over the last year or so, or maybe two years, and they've been releasing these recap movies, and which pretty much in, pre- in preparation for the new movie, which is called uh, Resurrection. Here's the thing. They changed some stuff. <laughs> and Sean and I actually went through some of the changes a while back and we actually looked at like some Reddit posts that actually compiled all the changes and talked about it. There are some substantial changes in this these recap movies. For example, remember how I just gushed over Shelly's death and I was like, shit, I almost cried? Her best scene. That ain't happening. <laughs> Shelly's alive. Now... That's cool, she's alive, but no, because that changes a lot of Lelouch's motivation. And Mao, remember Mao? What a great character he was, how what he was such a great foe to Lelouch and like a very dark 
sort of, uh, it, it was like a very disturbing image for him because that could have been Lelouch and to some extent Lelouch became that, but eh, that was awesome. He no longer exists. And there are a lot of there's a lot of changes that happen in the movies. You can go on Reddit. There's like a there's some posts that compile all the changes. And if I was cautiously optimistic before, I'm no longer that. I just eh. the only thing I'm happy about is this is just a movie, which means it'll end, and that's it. I probably won't even watch it anymore. I don't have any patience for movies, especially since I don't live in Japan, so I can't go see it either. Yeah, same, but uh, I'll watch it because it's code yes. Wow. But man, it's not, I You're just don't. You're literally giving in to the, to the sunrise cash grab. No, be, no, it's not, no, because I'm not paying for it in any way because I don't have any way wow. to pay for it anyway. It's not going to air in, in Israel. There's no way, like, with your name, I could at least buy the soundtrack and stuff and contribute to them. But for this, fuck that. They're gonna upload it to Crunchyroll. What you watch? If they do upload it to Crunchyroll, then I actually might watch it. Ah, <laughs> and then you call him. You call me a bitch. <laughs> it's so I... accessible. I can't just not. <laughs> if they make it accessible, I might. I guess. The thing is, it's like my worry is that. The reason they're doing it, it's it, like it's obvious they're doing it because money, and that's why they make three recap movies and this new movie. I just don't want this to mean they're actually going to keep this franchise going. Because Code Yes was the new Naruto. Huh? the new Naruto. Yes, yeah, sort of. Like, uh... like I don't want it to like be like okay now here's another season and more movies and stuff. It's like no, just end it enough. The first two seasons were so good. I don't need more of them. The only re- okay again the only way I would be okay with it is if they would actually tr- try something different, not the same characters. Pick, make new characters, pick a different side of the world, maybe do it in a different time period. I mean, I haven't watched them, but I heard many good things about Akito the Exile, which is like a series of OVAs that are a spin-off. They take place between the first between the first two seasons, and they focus on a different set of characters in a different place. It's it looks dope. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks dope. Do that. See, I don't need more of Lelouch. Oh my god! How could you say that? Because Lelouch. his story is done. He is dead. No, no. Lelouch is dead. <laughs> Oh my god, what was I thinking? Um, see, I'm not that opposed to the premise. I still think the premise of doing a sequel is still um, it's still possible. I still think it has potential. Um, but not with a movie. Not in a movie fa- format. If it's a movie format, that's going to be throwaway and it's going to be stupid. Also, not if they're changing the canon. That's stupid. Yeah, that's not okay. That's I'm like not no okay point. Um, so that, yeah, I'm not really interested in it, but I think the idea itself, I think they could have done it. I think it was possible. I think they're just maybe too lazy to think of something creative to uh, <laughs> patch it up. Not, it's not that whole nostalgia thing, man. They're just going for it. Think about it. Code Guess aired like 10 years ago. That's true. I don't know. I mean, it's coming out uh, February 2019. Uh, I haven't. I know there's like a trailer for it. I haven't watched it. I don't plan on watching the trailer. If I watch the movie, I'll just watch it without watching any PVs. We'll see. I 
I just uh, Cold Gas is so it's such a like fantastic piece of art. <laughs> I just don't want it. Uh, I don't want it to ruin the the first two seasons. Hmm? You're throwing a tantrum? No, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'll drink I'll drink some water. Give me a sec. Okay, water. Is that um <laughs> Good job. I gave you your your time to shine, but you didn't even take it. Oh okay. my god. Shh. <sighs> okay. I Any closing thoughts that. you want to share on Code Geass as a whole before we wrap um, up? It's the best anime ever. If you haven't watched it, you what are you doing with your life? That's all I have to say. Yeah. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good statement to close this up. <sighs> yeah, I think we pretty much said most of the things we wanted to say. This was a pretty fun discussion. Um, so thank you, show, for joining me tonight. That was a lot of fun talking about one of the best shows ever. And thank you all for dropping in and listening to us. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, thanks for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed it. And because we sure enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, you name it. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, uh, you can join our discord server it's pretty dope we have a lot of cool artsy stuffy there it's nice and you can become a member of the facebook group and be sure to follow our twitch channel and visit our website for some cool articles and uh, best girl best boy competitions and stuff there's a lot of nice stuff there and all the links will be down in the description and that's pretty much it um yeah I've been your host, Ditai, and we will see you all next time. Say goodnight, show. Good night. Bye-bye.